Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I want to go and buy a fancy dress. I want to go and bake this special cake. Welcome back to another episode of the Xbox Game Passengers podcast. I'm your host, Derek Cranevelt, and this is the show where each episode, myself and a guest will dissect and discuss a single game that's available on Microsoft's Game Pass service, which was chosen for us completely at random. So whether it's a magical or horrible experience, we'll force ourselves through it, share our thoughts, and let you know whether or not the game is worth your time. At the end of this episode, we'll also be drawing the game for the next show as well, so you'll always know what's coming up on the next adventure. Uh, And it's not just me here. I'm always here with a guest. Uh, Last week, uh, last episode, Michaela joined me. Uh, After a long hiatus, uh, she joined me for a game that uh, she did not enjoy, and I really enjoyed. So that was an interesting conversation. It was called Oxen Free. And I have a guest here today. It's Doogie. Doogie is back. How are you today, Doogie? I'm very well. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm glad you're back. It's been mm. I was looking back at the list of episodes and and you were back on episode 9. And this yeah, is episode 19, it's so it's been yeah, like it's, it's, it's been crazy, a minute. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I actually recently went back and listened to every episode of the podcast again, uh, including my own and I am going to try and be way better at not talking a lot because I talked a lot. Oh, it's all episode. it's all good. <laughs> you know. So I'm going to try and be more well behaved. That's the point of this show. Yeah, I feel like true. that, like I have, it, I don't know how that's going to go because I, for this episode, wrote more notes than I wrote for any other episode <laughs> I've ever done of any podcast. So yeah, well, that's good. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I yeah, we're we're here. Uh, the game we played last week is called Oxenfree. Have you? Did you ever? Did you play that? Do you know I've seen it on Game Pass so many times and yeah. i've always gone do you know what when i get maybe a couple of days off or whatever mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna download that because it looks interesting i've mm-hmm. never done it though i've never actually played it mm-hmm. um it sounds like you liked it yeah i i actually played it back when it came out um mm. and played it again for this and, and i loved it both times and michaela thought it was super boring so um <laughs> that i did not expect because usually we're pretty aligned on things um but it's pretty short it's like four to five hours i mm. and and it's like very walking simulator but it's got which which is fine like that's a probably like a favorite genre of mine when they're just mm. it's just really about telling this interesting story and and i think that the story was very interesting and a lot of the presentation was very good so well you you may remember my last experience with the walking simulator was observer so yeah. it makes me nervous that you've said it's a walk that's, i'll need to try it i will need to try it <laughs> that said neither of us liked observer it's very true. Uh, and it's i'm very telling very you that true. i like this one so if you generally like the genre i was all in on this one 
Um, actually, speaking of Observer, did you get a, did you get a chance to play Blair Witch? Do you know what? I haven't, but I know that you were so excited by it, and I'm assuming by this point you've actually done an episode on it. I have, yes. Did yes. you like it? Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, Great. it was. Uh, I was very. I was worried at the beginning because at the beginning it's got some chunkiness and some performance issues and oh, i thought no. that it was going to be a similar experience but yeah. i i thought the story that it told was excellent and it was mm. so so much better there, there's a few complaints here and there um mm. but generally it was very creepy um far far creepier than i found observer and it, it wasn't just like kind of atmospheric with a few jump scares here and there like it was like like there were points when i was like oh, okay i like i need to something scary just happened i'm gonna pause it and like I'm gonna, <laughs> take a moment maybe, yeah maybe there's some dishes i can do or something like that so uh, it was a it was a much different, a much better experience. So I I would recommend it. Well, that's awesome, and especially if you're a fan of the the series because it does tell some it, it does it kind of expand the lore around mm. the witch a little bit. Uh, oh, cool. And it and it was kind of like after watching it or after sorry after playing it, it was kind of like I should uh, I should rewatch these movies because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been a long time. Uh, but today we're talking about something completely different, uh, not scary at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> today we're talking about the new, I was going to say Bethesda, but the new Obsidian. Yes. Uh, the new Obsidian open world-ish RPG, The Outer Worlds, uh, which just dropped on Game Pass uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I was so excited for it that I, again, had to break the rules of the show and, and <laughs> say screw it to the whole randomly drawing a game aspect and just uh, go out and choose this one because mm-hmm. it, I was actually on vacation when this game came out and I was like, I can't I remember. to go home. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, the night it came out, you like sent me a screenshot. You're like, well, it's like, here we go. And Yeah, was, you were in, you were in Bali at the time and you were I, like, I was I on wonder... the other side of the world. And I was like, man, if only xCloud was out right now. Like, well, I remember the text that you sent back to that screenshot was, I wonder if I could change my flight home. And I was like, dude, <laughs> stay in Bali. Like, stay in Bali, yeah. of course. But holy I wow. think it would take probably about 40 years to download the game on any of their internet connections <laughs> yeah. anyway. So I don't know that uh, yeah. I don't know that I would have gone anywhere with it. So <laughs> before we jump into the game, do you want to uh, read the synopsis for us? I certainly do. Uh, lost in transit while on a colonist ship bound for the furthest edge of the galaxy, you awake decades later than you expected, only to find yourself in the midst of a deep conspiracy threatening to destroy the Halcyon colony. As you explore the furthest reaches of space and encounter a host of factions all vying for power, who you decide to become will determine the fate of everyone in Halcyon. In the corporate equation for the colony, you are the unplanned variable. Cool. I, I think that this is a game where it'll be very hard to talk about without getting in spoilers. So I mm. think that before we really dig into it, uh, we should probably just say whether or not we would recommend it. So for you, would you say that uh, uh, The Outer Worlds, would you say skip it, give it a shot, or is it a must play for you? Uh, I think you probably already know my answer <laughs> to this, but this is a must play. This is There is something in this game for everyone. Um, it doesn't matter what genre you like. Uh, I, I honestly think this could open up. Um, if you're not an RPG person, this could open up RPGs for you. If you're not a shooter person, this could open up shooters for you. Uh, this is one of those games that I I will go back and I will play this again and again and <laughs> again and again. And I, I, for me, it's just an absolute must play. 
and I I totally have to echo that sentiment. This yeah. was just, I, <laughs> I was so look and it, we didn't even know we haven't even known about this game for that long. Like yeah. was it E3 that it was announced? Like, yeah, I just, think it was. So in yeah. June. So uh was it E3 or was it earlier than that? June seems too recently. See- June does seem too recently. I want to say it was maybe like the start of the year, but I or was can't it E3 think last year. It could have been E3 last year. Anyways, but I don't feel like was, I feel like that anyways, would be too since, long ago. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel like it was fairly recent as well. Uh, since it's since its announcement, I was so stoked right away, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting because I don't like. I'm not 100% sure why, because I I didn't play. You know, Obsidian is built around a lot of the team that played. Or sorry, that created created Half Life and um, yeah. made Half Life and Half Life Two. Sorry, I got the hiccups or something, and then <laughs> uh, and then came back to do Fallout New Vegas, which is the one Fallout game that I always had a really really hard time getting into, and, and I don't know why. And I even went back, uh, not like like. It, in the summertime or something, I was like, it's time to play new Vegas. Cause of course it's backwards compatible on the Xbox yeah. one. And I pro and, and this time I actually, I got a lot further than I did the first time I tried to play it and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But then I just fell out of it because it's very dated, especially on the console. Uh, and yeah. because something new and shiny came out and I was more interested. In new that, Vegas but- is its own beast though. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird one. And we could probably talk a whole host <laughs> about that as well. I, I, I didn't actually like New Vegas too mm. much. Um, I loved the original Fallout and, and Fallout 2. Okay. Um, and that was the reason. The, the minute I heard it was the two original guys, and their names are not in my head right now, yeah. but the, the two original guys that started the Fallout uh, franchise. Um, so the minute I heard those guys were on board, I was just like, I have to play this game. Like, I don't care <laughs> if I have to wait for 10 years. Like, yeah. I've got to play this game. Um, and I, I just wasn't disappointed yeah. at, at all. I think it just lived up to everything that it promised it was going to do. It did. Um, and don't get me wrong, there, there's some issues, but we can we can get into that later on. But um, I, I, I genuinely loved it. And, and it's been a while since I've sat down with a game and gone... I love this game. <laughs> and, you know, last time you and yeah. I talked on the podcast, I talked a lot about the fact that I've played through like Mass Effect, like a dozens and dozens of times. Yeah. I've played through Skyrim so which many sounds, different times. Which is crazy to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot more free time then. But, but like, as I said in my sort of opening to this, like, this is a game I'm going to play. I know I'm going to play this mm-hmm. again and again and again and again and again. Um, and I, like, I am not a replayer of games. Yeah. I, it's i would say it's like probably less than half the games that i start i actually mm. finish mm. and it's a problem and i hate it and it's to the point where like even game like a game will get announced and i'll wait i'll be so excited for it and i'll wait for it for years or whatever and then it comes out and i play it for like 15 hours and then something new comes out and i have to go get that new thing <laughs> yeah. uh or whatever and so it's rare I, I would say it's rare for me that a game grips me so much that I I never stray from it until I finish mm-hmm. it. And it's mm-hmm. it's actually happened a few times this year. Uh, this year I really loved Metro Exodus, uh, and yeah. I really loved A Plague Tale, uh, which was like a, a kind of a second, I, like a double A, uh, very interesting story based game set. Yeah, like I saw a little the, bit about that. Not yeah, too much yeah. Though. So that happened with that, and then it happened with this to the to the point mm-hmm. where there was so much stuff coming out around this game as well, uh, yeah. and I ignored all of that because this <laughs> like 
the writing is so good and everything about this game is so good and and multiple times throughout my playthrough i multiple times throughout this playthrough i'm like i could see myself like the dialogue trees are so different mm-hmm. and and i yeah. feel like a lot of games you have it's like this kind of false it feels like this false like sense of choice where they're mm-hmm. gonna lead down the same path but i this game it felt like they were so freaking opposite a lot of the times yeah. that i was like i would love to see how this conversation would play out had i yeah. chosen this differently or had this skill been up to a certain level or whatever absolutely and i think the really interesting point about that is that and this is getting into minor spoiler territory now but um of there there has been so many moral choice systems in games mm-hmm. for as long as i can remember um most of them are as you say they're they're black and white they're good they're bad they're paragon and renegade they they are like you can save the world or you can kill everyone i don't think there was a single choice in this game that was black and white it, it, sure. even even the seemingly good choice would have negative consequences. Totally, so yeah. I, I genuinely felt like when you were going through this game, there was moments where I put the controller down and like brought out a list and went, okay, these people need X, Y, and Z, but those people need A, B, and C. Yeah. What is the lesser of two evils here? And and <laughs> genuinely had to sit down and, and, and go, yeah. well, who, who do I want to totally, side with yeah. here? Even up until the very, very uh-huh. end of my first playthrough, I was like, who, who am I going to side with here? And it was, it just blew me away. It totally. And I, for me, it was very similar. It was a mix of like, like who, which choice will better like the lives of most of the people, but also Mm -hmm. who, who, who was kind of a dick and who did I not like? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And And that weighed, that weighed far more heavily than the, like how many lives will be, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, and and it's funny. So I've I've played through this twice now already, and one playthrough I right, should we get into spoiler territory at this point? Yeah, it's, yeah. If you if you are you, we both we both love this game. If you are not wanting to hear us break down what what we experienced in it, go play the game first and then come back. But uh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll you've wait. been warned we'll... several times. So <laughs> go ahead. Um, so the first playthrough I did, I ended up siding with Phineas. So okay. I ended up trying to save as many colonists as I could. Yes. Um, the, the sort of, I guess you would, you would quantify it as the sort of good ending. I tried to get as good an ending as possible. I tried to, you know, make sure that the factions were working together yes. and that there wasn't any clear winners or losers or, you know, I, the, the goody goody sort of nice, sure. nice ending. Uh, but, but even so, there was moments in that run through where I was just like, well, I really want to make sure I'm not having to kill anyone like that, that my idea with the first playthrough was I wanted to, to, um, be as pacifist as I possibly sure. could. Uh, and then the second playthrough, I was just like, whatever it takes. So the second playthrough, I sided with the corporations. Oh, wow. Okay. And, I, and I just became, I was super ruthless through the whole okay. thing. I was like, oh my if, this, if this NPC is in my way, yeah. they're going to die. Like if wow. they have a key that I can't afford, um, then then you're dead. That's it. So yeah. like there's a, a super important NPC on the Groundbreaker and her name <laughs> escapes me. But she's like this. It starts with a G, I think. The old lady that like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like this matriarch of kind of power and knowledge on the Groundbreaker, and I couldn't afford to buy the nav key, uh, and I didn't have the lockpick skill to it was break ex- in. And it was expensive. Yeah, it was like, like ten thousand like or twenty thousand. I had yeah. like a thousand at that point yeah. or something. And and so I was like, well, you're gonna have to die. 
Like that's that's just <laughs> it. And and so that made the, the that playthrough actually really, really interesting because yeah. there were so many choices that I had to make that were just brutally, brutally ruthless. Yeah. Um and and yeah, it just the the way that it the story unfolded was so much different and That's really interesting. It was really, really cool. I would highly encourage anyone that's gonna play this yeah. game, like do it I, like come up with a character concept first like are you going to be goody goody are you going to sure. make every decision as you go are you going to be a total asshole and stick with it like try yeah. and try and stick with that because it it just made some really amazing things happen and the second playthrough as well i had up the difficulty okay and did I you play on normal difficulty the first time the first time i did and i found it was it- that that's like one of the only complaints that I have yeah. is it was terribly easy. It was very easy, and I I wasn't sure as well. I I think you and I have talked about this not on the podcast before, but like typically in these games, the first playthrough I'll ever do is like the classic sort of stealth archer or stealth sniper. Sure. Yeah. And of course, the first time I played this game, it was all about sniping from range and okay. it, like the combat from about halfway through the game did become pretty trivial. Like the, the amount of time dilation I could use and uh, the amount of headshots I could get off totally. before anyone even really knew I was there was just crazy. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt, sim- I felt similar and I, I did not like, I was not long distance. I was kind of like, like assault rifles and shotguns oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And it was the, it was very similar. Like uh, they would know I was there, but like, I would barely take any damage and they would be yeah. on like including like <laughs> including like the boss at the end of the game type thing like he died in like yeah. seconds and uh, and and that was the only like I and I I'm not sure if you could adjust the difficulty at any point or not but you, I feel you like can. it was you can't I feel like it was to the point where like a lot of the time I wouldn't worry about like what level my weapons or equipment were because it just didn't yeah. seem to matter that much. And like the, I would still loot every consumable that I could, but mm-hmm. I almost never, ever used them. Like the only times I used them was, well, was like, Oh, I need a little bit more of this skill and this will give me plus one in that. Like that was the only yeah. times I ever used consumables. Like it just didn't feel necessary whatsoever. It was so easy. Yeah. And like the, the second playthrough I did, I was like, okay, so I'll up the difficulty to hard. And what I'll do is I'll go the complete opposite. I'll go like a complete melee focused, mm. um, you know, it's super non-intelligent uh, character. Um, and again, one of the, one of the the best things about this game is that the 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 way that the sort of attribute system works is very very clever. And you can have sort of average stats, above average, good, or like superhuman, basically. Right. Um, and the below average stat for intelligence, if you choose that, there are special dialogue options that open up called dumb (laughs) and there is some absolutely phenomenal dialogue in this game when you choose dumb so i went this super just meat shield yeah like super strong but thick as mince uh and and it was really really funny but what it did was because i wasn't doing the the snipe from a distance thing actually was a really difficult playthrough. Yeah. Um, it, it did become way, way more difficult for me, and especially the guy at the very, very end. So I had the similar experience with that last robot, yeah. um, is that I, I killed him, I think, in two hits with the sniper yeah. rifle, when, once you get that sort of weak spot that he has. Um, and I saved a clip onto my Xbox of my melee build doing it, where I had to work out... I basically had um, this uh, shock baton... Um, because shock damage did more damage to robots. Sure. And I am sprinting. The, the The last sort of fight takes place in a, basically a big square room with these kind of four or five pillars around it. 
And the, the main sort of boss in this area has like loads of little, uh, tiny robots that are, that are floating around as well, trying to kill you. And I have a five minute clip because that's all, all I could record was five minutes of me running around the outskirts of the map, waiting until my time dilation bar had filled, slamming on time dilation, <laughs> running in, getting a couple hits in and then lapping again. And it right. just, that, that fight became really tedious as a result of that. Um, now, partly that was my own fault because I hadn't like I hadn't completely thought the character out and and how to get the the most out of the strength stats and the most out of the weapons and things like that. Totally, because my experience in normal the combat became so trivial, I was a bit more like, eh, it's fine. I could wait a couple of levels before right. I upgrade this. But actually, once you get into hard, and I've actually started a run on, I can't remember what the sort of toughest difficulty is called, but it adds like survival elements as well. It right? does. So you got to eat, drink, and and sleep. That's um, what all those consumables from the normal uh, yeah, difficulty yeah. are for. Um, but yeah, that's been really interesting as well. But the melee run was was actually really tough. But I would encourage anyone to to do a, a dumb character as well because it's it's really really funny. I that that sounds hilarious. And I it's like I feel like whenever I play this type of game, I always like looking at my stats at the end of the game. They're all super average. Like I level up everything evenly except for melee. Mm-hmm. I didn't really use, so I didn't care about it all. Mm-hmm. And then I always like when I play through this stuff, I try. I don't. I want everybody to like me. <laughs> Or, yeah. or dislike me as little as possible. So I always yeah. feel like I end up going through this like generic character, this generic mm. playthrough, and then I never get to a second playthrough. But <laughs> but part of going back to what I was saying before, like the dialogue is so interesting. But also one thing that I really love about this game that I know some people are complaining about is the length of the game. Like I, the fact that I could, you know, get to the credits and, and, and finish it. And, and I did a lot of the side quests, not all of them for mm-hmm. sure, but I did a lot of them and I finished it my first run in about... I think it was somewhere between 18 and 20 hours. Yeah. The, the fact like that is the perfect length game for me. And yeah, the, the fact that I, the fact that it is that long, that encourages me to go back and potentially play it again, because mm-hmm. if it's, you know, it's 50 hours, I'm not even going to get through it once in the first place, uh, let alone a second playthrough. But the fact that I can now pretty easily jump back into it and, um, and, and and see this a completely different experience. I think is mm-hmm. like I would love to do that at this point. And and I think the counter argument to that because I've seen a lot of that as well. People being like, "Oh my god, you could get through the story in like eight hours." And yeah. of course, there's the inevitable. I think there's a speed run of like twenty minutes or something at the yeah. moment. But that's a whole other like when you're speed running games. That's not that is a skill in itself. That's a whole other thing. But you know the the. I, I genuinely think the counter argument to the, well, you could do everything in the game and still complete it in like 20, 25 hours. Right. I would much rather have, especially for RPGs actually, and especially for story driven games, I would much rather have a super tightly designed experience with, yeah, there's some side questing to do. Yeah, there's a little bit of open world. There's still secrets you can discover. There's yeah. still things that are there. I would rather have a really tight 20 hours than a hundred hours of just mindless, like, see, this is, and this is going to be a super unpopular opinion. And I'm probably going to, they're going to send lynch mobs after me for this. (laughs) I haven't completed Red Dead 2 because the amount of back and forth, I know, that's it. I know, because the amount of going back and forth on horseback, I can't do it. Like, I, I, I lose interest in it. That's really crazy. That's crazy to me. I, like, I say we have to stop 
Not that I finished Red Dead 2, but I didn't finish it because something else came out and I was more interested than that. But I, like, every moment of Red Dead 2 that I played, and I only made it to, like, chapter 3 or something, Mm. but every moment that I played, and I can't wait, you know, I say I can't wait to go back to it, but it's been a year since it's been out now. Right. Uh, I was just enthralled with every aspect Mm. of it. Um, And the world just feels so realized i feel like but i i absolutely know what you're saying in that like like sometimes it feels like a lot of the assassin's creed games for instance like yeah i feel like there was there's these elements that i'm so interested in but then it feels padded with all this other crap that i could do completely do without and this game felt it was short ish but it felt it felt totally tight and all of the you know like none of the even the the side quests felt super interesting in the plot that they had and just design wise like the whole game like right from the uh like the world building that it kind of does on the loading screens and everything like that like everything just felt so like fully realized and and i loved it yeah, I, and I, like I, I think the 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 cohesiveness of the experience, and I mean, I, I guess the other thing about it is that when you have the idea in a game that hey, you could kill every single person in this game and still get to the end credits, right. like that's obviously going to have an impact on the size of the game. It's obviously going to have an impact on every decision because every character that you kill is going to have you know seven knock on effects or whatever that well how is this conversation going to go how's that conversation going to go so i i genuinely don't mind the length of this game i think it is a really really solid length because everything that's in it is so well done and like you touched on the world building like i took a couple of notes on like some really specific things that i really that really drew me into the game so one of those was the fact that like as we said in the sort of um the synopsis of the game the 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 colony that gets created this halcyon colony is actually just a bunch of businesses it's a bunch of corporations that got together and basically bought a star system and if you if you think about the sort of world that we're in and what we hear from all these massive corporations is it's very much like these people have so a great example is there's a, a, a conversation you have really early on with this grave digger of a town called Edgewater. Mm, yeah. And the people that have the graves don't own the graves. The businesses own the graves and the people rent them even after they're dead. <laughs> you have this conversation with someone and I, well, it's a kind of optional side quest where you go and you collect um, debt money for the, yeah. for the grave digger and you speak to a few people and there's one of the people that was saying, um, well, that person died because they, they caused irreparable damage to company property. And it took me a second to realize that they meant the person committed suicide, but that was the terminology that they used. So <laughs> even the people, their yeah. company property, and by committing suicide is actually a really terrible thing in this universe and not for the obvious reasons that suicide has, yeah. but because the companies are like, well, hold on, you've caused damage to company property and and you owe us money for that and like that that amount of world building the amount of thought that's gone into the the dialogue that's there the terminology that's used that drew me into this game more than 90 percent of other games that i've played in the last five years yeah a lot of it feels like uh so much of it feels like a commentary towards like just the the like late stage capitalism that we're moving yeah. towards and everything yeah. like that. Like yeah. the, there's so many examples of like these like lifetime em- employment programs and yeah. Uh, yeah. just like when they're uh, like, cause part of what's so interesting is, and, and, and 
like you go into people's houses and you can read the emails and stuff on their terminals and just these like company memos and stuff like that are, are both hilarious and terrifying, but just like how it talks, like there's moments where it talks about like, Oh, this plant's being shut down, but you've been selected to uh, like to relocate to one of the new plants for a relocation <laughs> fee. If yeah. you don't, if you can't pay the relocation fee, you can apply for a, like a, some sort of loan, yeah. but, but you have to like pay a fee to apply for the loan. And there's a loan available for, <laughs> Or the fee as well like just all this ridiculous like stuff that like doesn't feel too far-fetched from from kind of where we're yeah. going unfortunately and and you're you're totally right and i think that's the one thing that or one of the many many things that, that i really really loved about it and you know it was it was everything down to even the corporation's like slogans so the first sort of corporation that you bump into is called spacer's choice i still have that jingle um, in my head <laughs> right it's so cute um and so you bump into this guard and it's very, very early, like first 10 minutes of the game, you bump into this guard who's from Spacer's Choice, who like his gun, which is a Spacer's Choice gun, malfunctions and backfires yeah. and punctures his own ribs, basically. And the company's slogan is, you've tried the best, now try the rest, Spacer's <laughs> Choice. It's like and this like, value brand. Ah, oh, just little things like that is just, it just made me laugh the whole yeah. time and and everything about it was so cleverly done um even when you get to like um byzantium which is this big kind of city um that the the rich and the famous kind of people live in um and as derek was mentioned earlier on there's this thing that they talk about the lifetime employment program and they the what is it they did they call it early retirement or permanent there was another was it the lifetime employment program that was the sort of it was where people who did really dumb things in their corporate life basically get sent. Uh, and it's this terrible part of Byzantium, which is underneath this really gorgeous, beautiful city. But all these like ex super rich people have, mm, have mm-hmm. been kind of sent here to live. And there's just, there's just so much in this game that, that is so well done as far as the world building that uh-huh. I, I couldn't put it down. I could not put this yeah. game down. And, and I, I, like to the point where I was trying to absorb every every terminal I could unlock, I would be interested yeah. in reading what it had on it, just because both both the world that they've created is so interesting, but also because the writing is so funny. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I took an example of another email that was talking about how work invigorates the spirit, and uh, that you like like to submit for pre scheduled sick leave, like please allow two to four weeks for approval, and like all this, yeah, uh, and that you have to like pay for sick leave and all that sort of stuff because you're taking away the the productivity that you would have had otherwise like yeah uh, it's so funny and like it is yeah and it's i thought it was really well voice acted as well like i totally i didn't come across anyone in this game who i thought was phoning it in or or anything like that and even like the very first that rooker hauer oh my god we can't talk about that uh (laughs) i've literally got my head in my hands there the mere mention (laughs) of that um like even the 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 first or one of the first moments of the game is you you're in this um uh, escape pod that this mad scientist Phineas <laughs> yeah. sends you down on and you land on your contact um oh that was so like the moment that happened i was like oh my gosh i'm so into this yeah and like and i was straight away and the way that he delivers the sort of next voice lines it was so like cleverly sarcastic and it made me almost go did you do that on purpose like, was that a purposeful thing that you wanted this captain out of the way so that I could then take the ship and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was it was so well done. So the voice acting was so well done. 
that it actually made me tie into the human emotion of it all. And, yep. and every, every single person you come across, if they're a, a completely random in a bar NPC that has one voice line that they've recorded and w- it was just perfectly done. And it, and it, it was another one of the things that just drew me in um, mm-hmm. so well, so well. I loved uh, speaking of just of the characters and the voice acting and stuff. Uh, Ada, who is the basically mm-hmm. AI on your ship, yeah. who basically is just like a Gladys type yes. character, yeah. but she is so funny. Yeah, like and the, like the, the w- sarcasm that she would have and everything. Like yeah, that. and like one of the first things that she she kind of says to you uh, is like, "Hey, so you know, I can only accept orders from Captain Hawthorne, so that must make you Captain Hawthorne, right?" And you can kind of pick up on the tone and be like, "Oh." Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm Captain Hawthorne. If you can only accept orders from that person, then that's me. If you're the dumb character, there's a brilliant, uh, there's a brilliant kind of thing where basically you'd, you're not picking up on the sarcasm <laughs> at all. And she basically has to spell it out for you. And it's just, it's, it's so perfect. It's so well done. Um, and the best thing, um, oh, I don't know whether to spoil this for you. It's all right. Go for it. Okay, I'll have, forgo- have long forgotten by the time I have time. To well, go back okay. To it. So one of the best options for a dumb character uh, is very, very late in the game, you get the option to do what's called a skip jump on this colony ship, and it's right. your colonists. It's the colonists that get lost in this story, and they've been gone for like decades. And you can try and Phineas Wells, the, the mad scientist in the game, is basically trying to get these colonists back to back out of stasis, out of cryogenic stasis. Because the world's like dying, basically. Yeah. And, and, and he this, wants this ship had some of like the world's smartest minds on it. So if anyone yeah. can actually come up with a solution, it's it's, it's likely people. to be something on these someone yeah. on the ship. Yeah. So when you're like a smart or even of average intelligence uh, person, you get the option to let Ada. Uh, do the calculations for you and skip jump um, the the hope back to Phineas's lab so that he can unfreeze all these all these colonists. If you're a dumb character, and I think you can do it with with if you're of average intelligence as well, you get the option to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. The great thing about the dumb character is obviously you're so stupid you end up skip jumping the hope into the sun and the game ends. Oh, are you serious? It is this. It is the best achievement i have ever got because essentially and when you when you choose the option um the hopes computer and ada have this conversation it's like <laughs> is this human serious like yeah. he seems so stupid yeah are you really gonna let him do this and ada's like well he's the captain i'm gonna follow his orders like yeah this is what i think this human intends to do yeah. and they have this brilliant conversation that just obviously goes right over your head and you skip there's this little cutscene of the hope flying into the sun and it, i was in pieces i was laughing for days it was so good that's so and funny there's no there's there's so few other games that would follow that kind of option through to fruition they might have you might have a couple silly dialogue options here yeah, and there right. but to to have the option to end the game early by flying the colonists, including <laughs> yourself, into the sun is, is perfect. So good. Oh, I can't even believe that. That's so it's funny. Brilliant. You well, have and to I do just wonder what el- what other stuff is like hidden in there. That yeah, like it it absolutely needs a multiple playthroughs. I, yeah. I I understand why you're on your third. <laughs> <laughs> and and the going back to the 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 difficulty thing for just a second as well the. Because, you know, some of the other Fallout games have had that sort of like survival mode difficulty. You've got to eat, sleep and and drink and things like that. The cool thing, I guess, about this is that you can only, so you can only save when you're on your ship. 
you can only fast travel to your ship. You can't fast travel anywhere else. Oh, really? Um, and you've got to eat, sleep, and drink. And you can only sleep on your ship as well. Yeah. So you've really got to kind of plan things out how you want to do it. Right. So you've, your, your ship really does become your base of operations. And I kind of feel like it's it's actually sort of one of my complaints. And it's a very minor complaint, is that I feel like in other games that are like this... You know, I think games like Dragon Age are a good example where you'll have like a real home base that maybe in between quests or in between missions, you'll always find yourself back at and you'll want to talk to your NPC, your, your kind of party members. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was moments in my normal and hard playthroughs where I did. So my first playthrough, like I did all the companion missions. So okay. I talked to them all a bunch and stuff. But when I was doing my melee playthrough, I was a bit like, well, I've kind of seen all those quests. I've kind of seen all those options play out. Right. I'm just going to try and go through the game and, and do what I can. And I found myself going to my ship less and less and less and less. Okay, yeah. Um, but with the survival playthrough, and I, I really need to remember what that, that difficulty is called. Um, because you have to do it, you do find yourself back at your ship going, okay, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to talk to my crew, see how they're doing. And, and actually I would almost recommend that people play this on the hardest difficulty because it does add another layer that adds into that human aspect of it and the human element of it. It's um, a supernova. Supernova. Well done. Well done, mate. Um, and it, and it and it's really good. And I'm I'm only a few hours in on Supernova difficulty. Um, so far it's been manageable. Like the combat hasn't been completely insane. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I'm only a few hours in. Um, but it it's it's really really good. I, I would recommend again most players, maybe people who just are super casual gamers or whatever, maybe stick to the normal or hard difficulties. But I think for anyone who plays games a lot, I would say Supernova is the difficulty to play on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say like if you are comfortable playing shooty games, uh, I would even say starting one above, uh, you know, if you're not interested mm -hmm. in the supernova difficulty, like again, normal, it felt like a detriment because it felt like there was, uh, there was almost no challenge. Um, and, mm -hmm. and as much as I loved the game, I would have loved to feel like I was challenged. And, and so I yeah. would almost recommend just starting at one up. You can, and like you said, you can change it at any point. So if it does mm -hmm. end up being too much of a challenge, you can always drop it down. But, uh, once you're like comfortable with the mechanics and the systems in the game, like yeah. it, I, I died so rarely. I think in normal, I think I only died maybe a handful of times totally, bit, yeah. close to the start when you, in, in, when you get to Edgewater, there's a quest that you get, um, from the preacher who sends you out for this book. Um, mm, and there's yep. like a little bandit camp that's, or a marauder camp, I should say, that's nearby. And in my first playthrough, like I did die a couple of times there because I was still getting used to how do I take on this group? How am I going to approach this? And like, you don't have the gear yet. You don't have the guns yet. So that was really the only time that I think really challenged me. But as I say, right. after that, once I got a sniper rifle and, and this sort of build of the character really took shape, it, 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 the combat did become trivial, like, but Totally. I, I find that with a lot of these games and you and I have discussed this, you know, Skyrim is a stealth archer. You're unbeatable. Like, right. And, and that's true. And you always end up going towards that. <laughs> and you do because, because <laughs> you know how powerful that is. Right. And, um, and I, I did have to sort of challenge myself to be like, no, go and melee build next time. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I've talked about that before, but, um, that almost because I'm very not used to that style of play in this in this style of game was a real challenge. It was a real real challenge for me, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, 
was there anything in the game that like I know we've talked about like little niggles. Yeah. Is there anything that took you out of it, out of the story or like out of the world building element? Is there anything that you kind of noticed that you were like, hmm, I don't like that? I don't know if there's much for that. I definitely had a few like general complaints. Mm. Um, the text is very small. <laughs> no, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that apparently has been fixed as of like this mm. week though. So I think that, oh, that cool. is, uh, you know, no longer a complaint. <laughs> uh, the the uh like i i felt like sometimes like for instance i about 12 hours into the game i found this like gun and it was like something like shock shotgun ultra or something like mm. that and it's basically like i found it it was a few levels a few levels higher than me um and it just felt like cheating at that point almost like it's like this kind of like gun and you it, it's quite short range but you just basically like hold the trigger down and it just zaps whatever's near you Mm. and it like kills people in like half a second and like robots like so fast and it uh it's durability wears pretty fast but i don't know it just felt like they like you just hold it hold it first and it doesn't seem rare or anything it's worth it was only worth like 100 credits but mm-hmm. it just felt like at that point like i'm using this because it's super strong yeah and if i don't use this it's just like like why like why wouldn't i just use this now type yeah. thing so but that like i don't know that that was like a little niggle is i felt like this mm. this one gun felt so overpowered that the already easy combat just was like it might as well not True. even be there anymore yeah, yeah um i wish that a few of the systems it introduced to you a little bit better like mm. i it <laughs> i actually have a specific note that at the eight hour mark that is when i discovered that your companions had abilities that you could use um, oh, yeah. and and i don't like i don't know if i missed it or if it didn't tell me or what but uh yeah it, it was eight hours in when i finally mm. was like oh like what you know i, I like I, there was the controls down there um because yeah. you have the, on the on the heads up display there's little uh like the what you press on the d-pad corresponds to with what your companions do um mm. but i didn't really feel like i needed to do anything with them because it was never hard enough that i or they were dying so i just like, yeah. left them to their own devices type thing and it then i think be... i like hit it by accident or something and i was like oh my god what was what was yeah. that yeah it it could be as well. I know that that was like most things in the game tied to a specific skill. So oh, okay. if you're not at 20 in that skill, you don't unlock that. So yeah. there, there are people, I guess, who could go through the entire game and not unlock any of their companion abilities. Um, mm. But I do know what you mean. And, and there, the tutorial, the tutorial is good. Like I think it covers most of the, of the sort of basics and it yeah. is, you know, quite handholdy through the first little bit of forest and sneak here and duck under here, jump over here, blah, blah, blah. Totally. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think maybe with like the attribute sections and stuff like that from character creation and I'm someone, I can spend hours in a character creator. I know you're not <laughs> that person. You're kind of like, give me a face, give me a haircut, go. Totally. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. Like I could, spend and especially in a game like this and especially again because i knew it was like the fallout guys that did this i was like okay tell me what this stat does how do i break this down what is this going to do how am i going to get the best out of that blah 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 and so i spent like a good couple hours on the first playthrough like planning okay like i'm gonna try and hit level 20 in this first and then i'll go here and i'll hit 40 in this then i'll put this up to 60 and um I, I kind of wish there was just a little bit more explanation on that, sure. but t- historically that's not really a done thing in these games. Anyway, they kind of go, there's a stats go. And it's, it's, it's hard at first too, because like, 
not knowing what the game's going to be like or where and how often things are going to be useful. Yeah. Like the expectation that you need to lay out all this, you know, not everything, like you can always change things, but the fact that you need to lay out a, a good chunk of attributes yeah. and a good chunk of points before you even are able to start. I always mm-hmm. struggle with that because I feel like not knowing what's ahead of me, I just end up averaging everything basically. Yeah. And, and I think like there's, there's sort of rules of thumb, I guess, that I stick to for, for character creation in these games. Like you've got to have a hack skill. You've got to have a lockpick. Sure. You've got to have at least one dialogue option, whether it's intimidation or deception or whatever, and like a combat skill. And that's just generally like how I approach it and build it up. So again, the first playthrough, I was a very much like a stealthy sniper. So it was like, okay, got to have long guns, got to have a uh, uh, talking to people uh, skill um, got to be a hacker and I got to do lock picking and generally in that first run like there was no lock that I couldn't pick there was yep. no machine I couldn't hack by the end of the game and it is definitely worth it to invest in those skills I would be really interested to see and I think I might eventually do a playthrough that's like what if I was just crap at everything what if i was just below <laughs> average on everything and right. like could you could you still do it could you still get through it and and kind of see or maybe i just don't do pick any locks or hack any computer um but there, as you said earlier on there's loads of funny stuff in there like it, this game is something that it rewards you for exploring and it rewards you for for going into these things yes totally. with experience but as you said earlier on the story building and, and things like that is is amazing and um, i only had a couple little gripes yeah i guess um one of mine was and the excuse for it, i guess is again just that the amount of consequences that can happen in this game they had to sacrifice something i felt like the towns when you got into them they weren't super heavily populated yeah that's fair. and i that was something that i was a bit like the first like when you get to edgewater and Again, when you get to Edgewater, there's something like a hundred graves on the outside of the, the town. So it, you know, you could argue that, well, you know, just everyone in the town is dying yeah. and there is like a plague in the town and stuff like that. But I think there is only about 20 people in the entirety of <laughs> yeah. Edgewater. And their main export is this, uh, food substance called Saltuna. And there is four people, I think, in the entirety of the Saltuna <laughs> plant. And that, that kind of did put me off a little bit but okay. it's so easy to forgive i didn't even think about that actually is, but that is so makes there. sense um and i want to be able to track more than one quest at a time that oh kind of drew me nuts yes. that yeah. drew me nuts because i was like i know i'm gonna have to go over to that area to collect yeah. these and to talk to this person just let me track more than one yes yeah i felt like i had to manage it so much to be like yeah. oh, what am i the closest to right now and yeah. it, that involves like jumping to the quest menu and like changing the quest and then going to the map to see where the actual point on the quest is. Yeah. Like I wish it was something closer to like, you know, Fallout or Skyrim or whatever, like you on the compass that's on your heads up mm-hmm. display, you can see what is nearest to you regardless of if it's your active quest or not. Yeah. And it's a super first world problem. Like I'm well aware of that. It, oh yeah. It's, it's like a minor gripe, but it was something that I did keep Mm-hmm. thinking about when i was like oh i gotta change it okay changing over quest now i'm closer to this and- totally and one of the one of the things that i noted was that i really like how a lot of the systems kind of do a lot of the work for you like oh, how yeah. when you go into restricted areas if you have the right disguise it'll automatically equip it and all that stuff like yeah I, it just lets you do spend more time playing unless i'm managing this stuff but that's a really good point where it's opposite in that you do have to you know you can have a lot of quests open at one time Mm -hmm. uh and so having to kind of manage them or see what you're closest to or whatever is kind of annoying for sure 
that that was pretty much it. Like as far as far as complaints, I really mm-hmm. again I, I love this. I think they thought things out so well. Yeah. Again, this just goes back to that point where I would rather that they give me twenty hours of one of the most replayable games I've played in ten years. Totally. Then give me a hundred hours of a game that I will play fifteen hours of and never touch again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the only other uh, just small gripe that I had was the perk system is just feels generic compared to like the follow perk system. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like all like, they're just like, it's like, Oh, you get more life or you get more time dilation. Time dilation is kind of like the game's answer to vats in that it just Mm -hmm. slows time down for a period of time. Uh, Or like, like I I just feel like fallout has so many weird ass unique perks. And I didn't really get that same feeling at all from this. Like it just felt like every other game. The one thing I did like about the perk system though uh again see with this this is the thing about this game every like little niggle that you have it's so easy to be like yeah but (laughs) this is another thing about that yeah like the the perk system in this i think one of the things that's really amazing is you could be an entirely charm based character you could take no combat skills whatsoever but there are elements of each of those there are there is perks in each of those non-combat options that relate back to combat skills so like the perfect example is if you are very very good with people and you're very very persuasive there's a perk in that that if you're fighting against humanoids they will cower from you so you're so like imposing Mm, and so charming as a person even if you're crap with guns you could like (laughs) fire a couple warning shots at them and they'll actually cower from you yeah and so just another really clever way of saying hey you can go any type of character you like you'll still be able to get through this game and i feel like there's so many games out there that are like play it your way you can do this or that the next thing but really if you want to get through it, you're yeah. railroaded into this totally. choice or that choice. You can play it any way you like, as long as it's this way. As long as it's the way that we intended yeah. you to play it. Um, and, I, and I don't feel the same about this. I, I think this was genuinely one of those games where you could play it any way you wanted. You can make yeah. any decision that that the game will allow. Obviously, you can't be like, I'm going to swing from these like a monkey. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but you can you can make so many different choices in this totally. game that, that can affect so many different things for better or worse and and they just thought of just about everything that they could and it's it's brilliantly done yep i agree with that i just kind of still in the kind of perk thing also i thought the flaw system was really interesting uh yeah it kind of reminded me of like the disease system in like fallout 76 yeah uh, where if like you're just something hits you so many times or whatever um it, that type of thing can affect you more so like uh you can choose to take on these flaws which mean that if if you're in this environment or this situation you're going to have a negative um you know negative to your stats or whatever uh but you get a perk point for doing that so mm-hmm. at the start of the game i got my like the first per- first flaw that it offered me is that i had had so many concussions because <laughs> I kept tripping mines and it's not like in fallout where you can kind of sneak up to it and just disable it. Like you have to explode it as far as I'm yeah. aware yeah. Um, or avoid it. But I just kept like not looking or whatever. And sometimes like I have some colorblindness problems. So sometimes like the red or the yellow, like mines oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the color that the ground was, I wouldn't be able to yeah. like see it well enough until it was like too late. Um, so I got a lot of like, like concussions. And so concussions, when you're in a concussion, you're like 
you move more slowly and your visuals are all messed up. Like it would be very hard to like aim your gun or whatever. But yeah, that was the first flaw that it offered me is I had so many concussions that uh, I could take that on as a flaw where when I was concussed, it, they, they lasted like twice as long or something mm. like that. But um, you get a perk point for taking that on. And then I think yeah. the next one was like, I got attacked by like too many lizards or something. So it was like a fear <laughs> of this one type yeah. of creature. Did you have any like interesting ones? I really like the flaw system. I thought, again, my first playthrough, I knew that they existed. And um, because again, I had read so much about this totally. game before it came out like you, I was super excited about it. And um, so I knew that it existed. I thought it was a cool thing. And in my first playthrough, I was like, you know, these must be really difficult to get because I've not got a single one in the whole playthrough. <laughs> the minute the minute I did my melee build, the first one I got was concussions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because again, same thing. Like I didn't have any guns on me because I was a melee build. So I kept on having to like triangle forward, like set it off, but duck back at just the right moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I got concussions super easy. Um, I got... Uh, I actually, in that playthrough, I took a ton on. Okay. Like, I think I got an achievement for having more than three oh, um, really? on at once. Yeah. And I decided with that run, like, if I get offered a flaw, I'm going to have to take yeah. it. Like, that was just a stipulation yeah. I put on for myself. That's um, pretty cool. And I got one for, like, the the poison or the acid that the, they spit. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, and one for robots. I had a fear of, fear of robots. So, and... and it, it's interesting because you do get the option to do it um, and it does add a, another challenge on. And again, you swap it for like a, a perk point that's there. So the way that a really basic overview of the perk system is that there's sort of three tiers of perks. And if you um, you unlock uh, tier one at level one, you unlock the next tier when you've got five perks selected and you unlock the uh, third tier when you have i think 10 is that something like that that's right? a good point that i didn't think of is the more of those you take on the faster you get yes, to the best perks. the faster you get to the best perks so the offshoot of me saying well i'm gonna you know automatically take a flaw if i'm offered it gave me those perks three levels earlier still didn't help me much in the long run because <laughs> as you say a lot of the perks are kind of just seem a bit like filler um, sure. But there were some that, that were super helpful and, and that were very, very cool. But yeah, the flaw system was very, very cool. I, like most of the decisions that I think were made in the development of this game, make a lot of sense. You know, I like the way going back to uh, the time dilation thing or or VATS, I guess, <laughs> uh, their version of VATS. Do you know, I, I actually liked that they had an explanation for it. Doesn't yeah, matter it, that, yes. that it didn't make any sense at yeah. all. They basically said that it was an offshoot of you being cryogenically frozen for decades. Right. That your it's like a side effect brain, of the thawing process. Yeah, your brain processes time differently. And I was like, do you know what though? Kudos for it because again, it's another one of those world building decisions. That's like, well, this isn't just something that happens. This is here's the reason for it. Yeah. Here's the reason why you have this ability. And I, and I think I, there's even a conversation about it at one point. Yeah, well, I think the first time it happens in the tutorial, yeah. I think Wells comes over the uh, the radio and sort of says, oh, uh, yeah, your brain processes time a little <laughs> bit differently. That's just a, a kind of after effect. Yeah. And it's just another little thing that I was just like, God damn it, Obsidian. That's so cool. That's yeah. so badass. Flawless. The game Maybe is flawless. flawless. No. no. There, there's it's a couple. so flawless, good, though. They're so forgivable. And yeah, um, I agree. I, Again, there was so many different like avenues that you could go down. And, you know, I had a blast doing, I don't normally do like an evil run of a game. Yeah. Um, but siding with the corporations, I guess, feels like a sort of evil-ish mm -hmm. run. And, it's pretty and you ruthless. said it felt totally like 
totally like the story different. itself went differently or just Absolutely. the conversations were different? Everything. Like, Everything. so the, the main storyline actually becomes entirely different. Wow. Um, uh, you know, rather than, so if you do the, if you side with um, Phineas Wells, um, you basically get to Byzantium last, which is the main sort of city. It's sort of the heart of the corporations right. and they have all their offices there. Um, if you side with the corporations, you can get there within a couple hours of, of playing um, because they essentially bring you to Byzantium because they're like, well, if you're going to side with us, like we need to trust you and you go oh. and you start working for them. So you do a whole bunch of different missions. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you still get the same sort of story beats. So you still have to go and disrupt the radio signals from Monarch. I think it is. You still yeah. have to go and do, you still have to go and deal with all the factions that are out there, yeah. but you are, you're approaching them in a very, very different way. And again, one of those big decisions, there is this, oh, I'm going to get all these names wrong. See, it's been so long since I've actually played it now <laughs> that I'm going to get all these names of the factions wrong. There's one of the factions that feels like a very religious uh, group and yes. they're run by this guy called Graham and his second in command, whose name I forget. Um, and they are at odds with the sort of main city, the main sort of corporation city on the planet. And they're both trying to use this radio tower in the middle. Um, so again, on my pacifist run, on my good guy run, I made everyone cooperate and I uh, put the second in command in charge, but but the main guy of the religious uh, group stepped down. You know, there was no violence. It wasn't a oh, wow, hostile really? takeover. I had, to kill, I had to kill Graham. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was because we found out that like what he had done in the past and yes. it did seem like he was trying to get over that or whatever, but the... I, he, uh, whatever dialogue options I chose, he ended up just attacking us. Mm. And so I had to kill him basically. Oh, well, so my second run through, I, I definitely killed him. Like it was like he, cause he, uh, sends you on a whole bunch of quests yeah. to, uh, strengthen his, his people and, and his, uh, community. Um, and you can choose to kind of go on them or not. And I, I sort of sat there and again, because at that point I was very sort of into the character and I was like, well, I'm just a ruthless dude. Like, I'm just going to take the easiest option and the easiest option to make the, the radio broadcast stop from these guys is just to take out their leader. So I yeah. just went straight up the minute I got in, had a brief chat with him and then went, no, I'm just going to kill you. That's it. And, <laughs> and, and wiped out everyone in his sort of command yeah. center and then snuck out of the, the village. And then I got the radio to be like, Hey, good job stopping those radio communications. And I was like, great. Awesome. Moving wow. on. <laughs> That's so, it's all so different. Like, I mean, just having this conversation is getting me like, I'm hankering already to yeah. just go back and play it some more. Yeah. You got to do a dumb play it differently. Man. Yeah. You got to do it. It's so, there's so many funny things there. It, you know, the, 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 guy that's a little bit unhinged in edgewater that that's obsessed with destroying all the robots yeah so as a dumb character like you can <laughs> it's a it's a really nice little commentary because this guy for everyone that hasn't played he essentially is just a crazy racist and that's all it is he's just this crazy racist against robots and as a dumb character i thought it was very very clever as the sort of dumb character, you can immediately buy into his hype. You can immediately <laughs> like choose to just fully believe him and be like, oh yeah, robots are the worst. This is a terrible idea. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to take over the world. <laughs> and he's very obviously a, a crazy person. He's very obviously not all there. Uh, and and the fact that, that, that they kind of tied that in, I thought was super clever. And, yeah. and 
um, just the way that you can approach him when you're smart, when you're not smart. It it, it just really cleverly done. Um, and again, all these decisions just make me want to go back and play this game again. Just like like you, I'm excited to go back and play this game again because I'm excited about all the different choices I can totally. make, all the different challenges that I can that I can set myself right. and, and go through and, and kind of do. And it's just wicked. Did you make any like major mistakes when you're playing? Yeah, the first. So I was playing it at the same time as um, my uh, sister-in-law's boyfriend. Uh, and we would get through like a couple of missions and, and kind of talk about it, trying yeah. not to spoil anything for each other. And um, I had gone through the first part of the the sort of quest in Edgewater. And I cho- you, you basically get the choice to um, side with the mayor of Edgewater uh, or free all or give the power to all these people who've left Edgewater right. and they're starting their own community and they've managed to make you know uh, flowers grow when they've never managed to be able to do it because they thought the soil was barren and all this kind of stuff and in my first playthrough because I wasn't used to the game mechanics and stuff like that yet I was like well clearly the right choice here is to side with these um, these people who've left, you know, they, they've found a way to make the land fertile again and they're free from the corporations. Yeah. And I was very much in a stick it to the man kind of mood that day, I guess. <laughs> and so I gave the power to them. Yeah, I, I, and, as did I. Well, so here's the thing. Then I went into, and this is what I was saying earlier on about not everything's as morally black and white in this game. So even that choice, you can, and I spoke to to this guy about it and he was like, oh no, what you can do is if you go and discover a couple of different things, you discover that the the woman who's making the soil fertile again, what she's doing, she's using the corpses. She's taking the corpses from the cemetery and she's using that to make the ground fertile, fertile enough to grow. So eventually they're going to run out of corpses, but because there's been a plague in the city, there's enough corpses to to last for a long, Uh, long, long time. So were they causing the plague? No, so they weren't causing it. The the bad food is causing it. Like oh, yeah, the fact yeah, okay. that the, the food's garbage is causing it. But the people who are eating these the vegetables and stuff that they're growing are much oh. healthier. So the plague doesn't exist there. So what you can do is you can take all that information and go back to the mayor of the town and say, yep. Hey, look, by the way, these people, they've managed to get fruit to grow, they've managed to survive on their own. Um She's she, the the leader of the outcasts is going to be a much better leader than you. And he realizes in that moment, and he's like, well, do you know what? If they're making such a good go of it, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I should leave and, and they should take over. So you can actually convince the outcasts to go back to the safety of yeah. the city in Edgewater, but utilize everything that they know um to 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 help the, the city flourish. Really? Um, and at that moment, I was like, Oh my God. So I just finished that quest before I talked to, to James about it. <laughs> yeah. And then he told me that that's what he did. And I was, I was like, Oh my God, I'm an idiot. I did. I just saw things as black and white. And it was that moment that I was like, I went through the rest of that run yeah. going, I need to find every log, every diary that I can find before I make any of these decisions, right. because there's so much complexity in this game. And it helps things in the end too, because the more people that you help, the more people that are on your side, like they show up when you're on yeah. kind of that last, that final mission, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, another couple of mistakes that I made or not necessarily mistakes, but it just made it an interesting choice is that even when I was siding with Phineas Wells, 
you know, I tried to pay attention to all the dialogue and really sort of focus on how that character would behave in that sort of situation. And there was a moment where they asked me, the corporations asked me, they were like, hey, we know you're working with this guy, but do us a favor. You're doing it wrong. Bug his lab, put a bug in his lab, a tracking device in his secret lab. And I was like, do you know what? Maybe Phineas is the bad guy. I still hadn't made up my mind. You know, you, you can't this... quite fully trust him. Yeah. I, and there's all this stuff that's going on. Like he, he locks himself away from you from the word go. Like you never, you, you can see him through like bulletproof glass yeah. and stuff, but you never get to shake his hand or whatever. And things like that. Or oh, I'm always just distrustful of people that, that don't let me shake their hands. Um, but like, so it's one of those things where you, you get this option. And I was like, no, do you know what? I am going to put a bug in his lab, put the bug in his lab, but then eventually ended up siding with him. And then, um, he gets captured. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that was a result. They found him because of me. <laughs> I think they find him anyway, uh, to be fair. Yeah. So, cause I talked to him first and it was straight up that like, Hey, they've oh, contacted wow. me. They've yeah. asked me to bug your lab. And then mm. he's like, oh, this is great because what we can do is we can like corrupt the si- like like cor- let's corrupt the sig- signal oh, and cool. then we'll throw them off on my location which will buy us some more time um and they still end up getting to him at some point mm. but but yeah that's what i ended up going through is i oh, was just cool. totally straight up with him uh and then we like installed a bugged code instead yeah and it, there's so many little things like that i mean it, like even um even like all the side quests that are there and all the uh, all the companion quests and um, there's so much like not necessarily moral ambiguity in those, but you you get the option. There's one of your companions who is basically, and that's another thing I really liked. We could talk about that, I guess, in a minute. Um, one of the the earliest companion, I think, the earliest companion you get is a is a woman called Parvati. Yeah, and she's basically Kaylee from Firefly uh, for all <laughs> the Firefly fans out there. Uh, and she's this super smart mechanic, but she's super shy. And when you go to the Groundbreaker, which is this big sort of ex-colony ship that just turned into this floating city, um, she completely falls in love with the head engineer, uh, a woman called Jun Lee. And you can eventually do all these quests for Parvati to try and court and impress. Oh, and it's adorable. Jun Lee. And it's so goddamn... Did you do all of it? Uh, Yeah. It's it's just one of my favorite quests, I think. And even though it's a it's a fetch quest, it is. Hey, I want to go and buy a fancy dress. I want to go and bake this special cake. Yeah, I want to find yeah. this secret recipe that she talked about. All of these kind of things. The way that again, going back to the voice acting, the way that it's voice acted, and the the just the way that it was done made me completely. I was just like, you're just adorable. Like, yeah, I like so she's she's like the out. best character. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's either her or um did you uh, did you fix Sam the cleaning robot? <laughs> so that's what I, I was going to bring that up because at the at the end of the game you kind of it, it takes you through like, you know, the end of like a a biopic movie where it's like this is these these people went on to do yeah. this and this and this yeah. and lived happily ever after or whatnot. <laughs> it kind of like gives you the the story of like when people died and how they lived their lives and uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool, but at one point it like goes to this and it's like sam the robot that captain hawthorne is intended to modify for combat purposes remains in the closet to this day and i was like <laughs> what the heck and and i just remembered that like 
you know, anytime you leave the ship, it's like, oh, which companions do you want to take with you? And there was always this one extra slot, and I finished the game without ever filling that slot. Yeah. And then only afterwards, like, were you like, God? Apparently, I should have looked in some closet somewhere and would have had this, like, apparently hilarious robot, is what I've read. Yes. So Sam is a hilarious, but the dialogue that happens between him and Ada, again, the ship's computer, is some of the funniest game dialogue that I've ever heard. (laughs) Like, so there's a moment where they they kind of like fall in love, like the ship's computer and Sam. And there's a moment where like anytime you walk by Ada or you walk into the cockpit, she'll say something to you. So she'll be like, oh, two of your companions are having an argument in the the rec room or whatever. Um, If you go in, you'll sometimes find Sam uh, cleaning uh, the, the the computer that's in there. Yeah. And she'll be like, Sam, not now. There's the captain. Like, <laughs> uh, that tickles or whatever. There's moments as well where you're like, sometimes you'll walk in and she'll be like, Captain, um, if you get the time, could you send Sam down? Uh, and it like, just there's so much that's there yeah. that's absolutely phenomenal. I never took him out in, in combat runs just because I, I always had to have Parvati because she's oh, yeah, brilliant, yeah. as we've already said. Um, and then I, when I was doing the other companions, uh, quests, I had to take them out. Yeah. I really liked as well, although it is a sort of semi generic character type, I really liked Neoka. Okay. Um, yeah. and the Her reason I say, interesting, I thought, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it is that it's, it's a very done story. The, the sort of oh, war torn hero that turns into an alcoholic that wants to, you know, go and pay respects to her dead comrades and stuff like that. But again, if you go and do that, going back to that last, last like montage of stuff, like, you know, she helps again. It's just another cool commentary on the world that we live in at the moment. You know, she goes and helps out the, the warriors of the wasteland and she teaches people. She, sets up this basically uh, not like a school, but she just educates so many people on how to survive and yeah. how to do better. And she's like a, a total stand up woman that, that everyone respects. And, and it's just, just brilliantly done. You know, even, even a c- character that I would say is sort of semi generic sure. um, turns out to be a super interesting uh, final moment for, for her. But I, I thought all that last little montage was really, really good. Like, um, in both playthroughs, again, super different when you when you hear about them. But um, and and again, siding with the corporations, and because I didn't do all the companions' quests, was really depressing. Let me tell, let me tell oh, you, yeah. it was so depressing. There's a kid called Felix who you yeah, meet on his, Groundbreaker. His, his quest I didn't do because I just didn't find it mm. interesting at all. Yeah, he was a, he was a weird one. I I did do his quest at the start, and it actually gets quite interesting. Uh, later on his his companion quest um but in my second run through I, I didn't do any of the companion quests and basically he just becomes this like bum and then just dies and it's like oh Whoa, yeah that got dark like shit got real real quick um but not again just another little moment of I still sat through those last end credits and through that that montage you know finding out what happened to everyone yep. and you know, it did make me go back and reflect on the decisions that I'd made and be like, you know what? Probably shouldn't have killed that woman for that key. You know, <laughs> probably should have saved a bit of money, did a couple odd jobs and, um, but just really cleverly done. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Just, yeah. it's so good. Uh, I thought that the vicar Max, the priest, his quest was quite interesting too. Yes. And, and again, just another really 
when when you met him at first, it was like, well, here's a religious zealot who yeah. is only interested in his own word, and but then really quickly becomes really shifty about his past, and um, you know, digging into that, and you go and find out everything from his past again, super interesting and a brilliant. A brilliant story. Did you did you do that one to completion as well? I did. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, again, I, I won't ruin too much about it, even though I've ruined everything else about this game. But, <laughs> um, you know, really well done, and and really, you know, he ends up questioning everything, and and I think those are totally relatable human moments, and I, and I think the fact that they're in, I think, video games a lot of the time get a really bad reputation like you always hear about um oh there was this mass shooting and this kid played loads of video games must have been mm. that um and i think honestly like a game like this with so many different ways that you can go about all these different things and reap yeah. the consequences of your actions if anything can can educate us on on what we're doing as you said earlier on like we're starting to get to this hyper corporate <laughs> like state where everything is run by these mass corporations and the closer and closer we get to that the closer and closer life gets a bit more scary um and this is a a cautionary tale on that sort of thing yeah it was yeah uh, I, like i feel like i could just go on and on and on i definitely but, could like yeah, we could like, be here forever. all night <laughs> I, m- mistake wise i there's just a couple of moments i felt really stupid mm-hmm. um uh so the the old lady on the on the groundbreaker her name's gladys Gladys. Um, I found a note where I talked about that. So, cause she basically is like, Oh, this thing's going to be $10,000 or credits or whatever. Mm. Or you can go, I hear there might be some valuable things on this, like asteroid or whatever. And so I'm like, Oh, cool. So I go to this other place, find, there's like three items that you can find, um, yeah. including like one of the most hilarious things, which is like this, like recipe for diet toothpaste or something <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> which the like, exposition that they give around that i can't remember in the moment now but it's so funny i was laughing yeah, so hard it's brilliant yeah. um i went and found all of these things but being like the like oh i want everyone to like me type of character <laughs> i gave all of the things back to the like that, their rightful yeah. owners and then when i went back to gladys like i i thought that she would like she was like did you find the things i'm like yeah but i gave them all back like and she's like <laughs> oh cool you know i would have really liked them but i guess you're a good person <laughs> and then, like, I just had to then go and like sell crap and save the money to get the, to yeah. buy the thing for ten thousand uh, because she wouldn't give it to me. Or you uh, could have just killed her. I yeah, that would have like <laughs> you know gone against the the person I was trying to be. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> and then the the other major one. So in Byzantium, you end up going way down into these labs to find this like chemical that you need. And in the lab, I didn't have the ID card for the disguise that I needed. Mm. So I just ended up like killing a lot of dudes. Um, (laughs) And what I didn't realize is that when you like, and it would always pop up like, Oh, your reputation with like the company or whatever has gone down. And so it went down and down and down and down. I killed so many guys. What I didn't realize is when you leave the, you know, I'm like, well, I'll just leave the lab and then it'll be fine. But that carries for any of these plate, like this, mm-hmm. this city, Byzantium is basically run by this company. And so all of the guards and all of the robots in the area, like, <laughs> 
they all <laughs> tried to attack me on site at that point. So uh, I think I did pot- potentially die there because there were so many guys. Yeah. Um, but then it was a, just a matter of like I ki- going out of the lab, killing as many as I could, and then just trying to like sprint back to my ship before dying yeah. type thing. <laughs> uh, so that was a mistake as well. I don't know where that ID card was, but uh, I did mm. not find it. Um, yeah. I, that did actually remind me of another thing that, it was the one sort of oddity that I think I really found in that that run I was just talking about where I killed Graham, uh, yeah. the the head of that sort of religious uh, group. Um, in that on that same planet, you can find uh, like a courier for the religious group, and you can she's locked herself behind this door, and you can convince her to to open up and let you in. That dialogue tree. So I'd, I'd gone and killed him and my reputation with them. If they saw me on site, they would just attack. Yeah. And um, the dialogue options with her were still the same. So she was all like happy to see me. and uh, happy, okay. But then she came out and immediately attacked me. And I was like, well, hold on. You just opened the door for me. We were just talking about how <laughs> nice I was who, what, to, who you was yeah. until you saw him. And then the minute she, and she's been locked in a, you know, she's been locked in this room or whatever. So she hadn't seen me ever before. Right. So how, that, how did she know to hate Exactly. You? So it was, the, it was the one moment I was like, Oh, didn't think of that one though. Did you? <laughs> it was the one time that, 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 uh, I noticed something like that. Um, but yeah, ju- just really uh, everything about it was, was really well done. And, um, there, there were a couple of moments where I felt a bit dumb as well that they, in my first run through, there's when you're trying to free all the colonists, there's this specific, uh, ingredient that wells needs to yes um to unfreeze them basically but the lab that you find it in obviously this chemical is being pumped into the test subjects in this lab and so you get the option to take none of it some of it or all of it but again because i just like you was like i want everyone to like me i'm i'm a goody two-shoes i was like well if i take all of it all these people in this lab are gonna die if i take some of it at least we might be able to replicate it later and we might be able to mm. save a bunch of colonists who can come up with another way of doing it and, and they'll save a bunch. Um, and then in the montage at the end, it was like, you know, because the unknown variable only took half of the the, the serum, only a handful of, or maybe it wasn't a handful, but only maybe like a hundred or so of the colonists were saved, but they worked as hard as they could to try and make things better. And I was right. like, I should have taken everything. Yeah, God I took all it. of it. Um, because I, it was I, like a greater good type thing. Like all of these people are going to die, yeah. but, but we'll be able to save more people on the ship, which the goal, whole goal this is the whole goal because they're yeah. supposed to save the world basically. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that was one of those moments where I was like, it's so morally ambiguous. Like every <laughs> choice is so not black and white. And it's totally, what I, yeah. it's what I really, really loved about this. There were no, everything was a gray area. Everything yep. was not a binary choice. Uh, and I loved that about it. It was probably my favorite thing about the game and probably why I would go back and play it again and again and again. Don't get me wrong. The gameplay was great. It was hilarious. It was really well scripted, really well acted, really well done. Like I didn't have any like, real bugs or glitches no. or uh, which and, is which is uh completely unexpected for an obsidian game yeah, well. like totally absolutely yeah. and the fact that it ran super smooth it looks beautiful like we haven't even talked about how it looks and yeah. it looks gorgeous and the art um, design is great like it's very yeah like it's like this like fallout 
ish game, but with but it felt like I I got a lot of Bioshock vibes from a lot of it too. Like yeah. the, it's like this like their their sort of retro futurism and yeah. the um just the ways that like like a lot of the company like advertisements and stuff, it was in the same mm-hmm. I guess art style as like what the vigors and stuff would be in Bioshock. Yeah. I just just everything about it was 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 so well done. I yeah. just Yeah. I it's I great. think it's like a it's like a there were so many good games this year that it's hard to like place. I'm still thinking about like how to rank things at the end mm. of the year. Um, but it's in like the top four, I would say. I don't know what, where it places within that top four. Well, yet. I was going to say, what would the rest of your top four be? If this is, if this is going to be in it, what are your other three? Yeah. So the other three would be, uh, uh, Metro Exodus. Like I said mm. earlier, uh, a plague tale, like I said earlier, and I am really into death stranding right now. Um, oh you said yeah you did i'm still fairly early on like there's about 15 i think there's 15 chapters and i'm only i'm i'm more than 10 hours in and i'm only on chapter three so there's a long way Mm. to go but uh it's really interesting and just so unique um and then i'm also really into star wars jedi fallen order right now actually so that could be somewhere within there as well Um, i just got that yesterday yeah have you started yet yeah yeah i'm having a bunch of fun with it it's very very dark soulsy actually it's It's hard yeah. Oh, yeah. It is so tough. I have muttered several expletives. Uh, yeah, I had to drop the. I like. I started it on because when it presents the difficulties to you, like default mm-hmm. is like Jedi Knight, and it's like this is for people that are new new to action games. And I was like, well, I played action games before, so I put it on Jedi Master because <laughs> it's like this is for people that are familiar with, yeah, uh, like action games. And then, mm-hmm. like, I eventually had to drop it. So, like, like how much have you played? Um. Oh God, maybe. Six hours. Oh, wow. Like not, so you're probably farther long. than me then. I have not played oh, really? that much yet. Mm. Uh, but the, f- like, so on Jedi Master, are you playing on Jedi Master or what are you playing? No, uh, just Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight. So Jedi Knight's great. Like, the, yeah. that is a fine difficulty. Jedi Master, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's like the first planet that you go to with the uh, crew that you find. But the yeah. it's like when you go, that's when you meet the little droid and everything like that. Yeah. Coming back to the ship, I fell in this hole and there's this like giant frog guy. Oh, Did yeah. you fight him? Yeah. Yeah, so I, like, the first time I'm just running to my ship, all of a sudden there's a hole there. I fall in, like, die so fast. Uh, But then I'm like, well, I got to get my, I almost had a skill point. I got to get my experience back. (laughs) And then I tried probably, like, 35 times. Oh, yeah. And then I dropped the difficulty and tried, like, another 10 times. And then I finally (laughs) beat him, like... It was, it was so hard and and even before that point um like even going through that level like i was dying from like regular enemies at times like yeah it is tough I, and i i'd heard it was kind of dark soulsy in the sort of combat style and like that whole thing of like if you die from that monster you got to go back and get yes. your experience get your your sort of yeah. value back from which that. was like in, um, in hollow knight as well which i had just played yeah. fairly recently yeah absolutely and uh recently as well because it was on sale i rebought dark Souls three so i've been oh, playing yeah. that so i was kind of prepping for for jedi fallen order without even realizing i was prepping for <laughs> it but yeah that frog guy that absolute swine of a frog oh my god the amount of times i was i was playing it until about two o'clock in the morning uh and and uh, my wife was asleep yeah <laughs> next so to he was hard so, for you as well oh dude it was so difficult <laughs> the, 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 and this is the thing this is the thing about dark souls and this is why i've always told you you must you yeah. must play dark souls because i think you would really really like it you get into this sort of state where 
there, there's a, a really, really popular YouTuber that I really love. Uh, that the, the series is known as Zero Punctuation, and he really oh, yeah, likes. Yeah. He's a guy called Yahtzee, and he yeah. really likes Dark Souls games. And he describes the boss fights or the the tougher fights. It's like smashing your head against a brick wall. Eventually, <laughs> the wall will break. You just have to throw yourself yeah. at it like hundreds and hundreds of times. Yes, I, you get into this moment where like you've got your dodge patterns down, you know his attack rolls, like you know when it's coming. Yeah. You can you can see it coming. Even then, there was still some times that oh, I didn't it, dodge out of the way in time. And and I was like, <laughs> it is so frustrating because you, I every time you die, you feel like it's your fault because 100%. he only really has a few moves, and it yeah. shouldn't be that hard to predict them or or whatever. But he's so forty quick, tries right? later, I'm still yeah. dying from him, and I'm swearing, and I'm so mad, yeah, and like it's crazy. But then I feel like it was weird because sometimes, like you know, when they do their big moves where they like flash red, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you can't actually even block this move, so you better get out yeah. of the way. Sometimes I would feel like it wouldn't flash, but then they would do that move, and then I would just get <laughs> mad because I was like, because usually yeah. it's like when you're dying. I'm like, it's fair. I didn't press the button yeah. in time, like whatever. But when that yeah. something like that would happen, I don't know if it's intentional or a bug at this point because mm. the game's just come out. But when that would happen, I would be just like, F this. Like, yeah. But and I, I saved clips too of like, it happened a number of times, but a clips where I like, I jumped down. He starts with like his like big jump move and mm-hmm. I don't dodge in time. So he hits me. I fall on the ground. He bites like literally. That's five seconds long, and I've already died. Type yeah, thing. and no, it's so funny and, that, and embarrassing. That's pure Dark Souls as well. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's exactly the same. And speaking of Outer Worlds, not really have any bugs or glitches. Have you found uh, Fallen Order to be the buggiest thing? I haven't found a lot. There's been like a few, like like sometimes there's like weird animation glitches, and there's yeah. some stuff in like cutscenes even, but yeah. nothing like major gameplay wise. So I would say I have got to this. But I won't spoil anything for you. But I've got. I just got to Kashyyyk. Oh wow, you're way further than I am. Then, so I I I went to. I'm further than you are. Yeah, that's like the second, the third planet, isn't it? And I didn't do the like optional planet. So I went to the planet where basically it's inhabited by a bunch of Darth Mauls. Yeah, I I don't know what that is. It's like a red planet called Durothar or something like that. That's Warcraft. Um, So I got to this lightsaber crafting station and okay. and I hit like customize lightsaber and I just stood there. Then it came up with a little tooltip being like, oh, you've got a double bladed lightsaber. And I was like, oh my God, oh, that's what? the coolest thing in the world. But then I was just stood there completely frozen. I couldn't do anything. So I start, as you do in those moments, hitting random buttons on my yeah. controller. Uh, and then I could control my character again, but no double-bladed lightsaber. I've gone back to that table. Like I've left the the planet and come back to it, come oh, straight no. back to that table. And it, I'd like, I just, I don't have it. <laughs> and, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, so that's like, I don't get that for the entire game now. Like yeah. however long this game is, because this is a buggy mess. Oh. I'm having a ton of fun. But oh, it's fun. Like, yeah. It's I, uh, very like like I it's like too what sold it on what sold it for me because I wasn't interested in it at all, mm-hmm. uh, and then like a um, couple of months ago, some like previews came out that of people mm. that had like hands on time and were like, I was not expecting to like this at all, and it's so good, and I I can't wait for it. And then of course it came out right when the Mandalorian started coming out too, which oh, is so yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> so then I was like, I'm in a kind of Star Wars mode right now, and so I yeah. had to pick it up, and it's so much fun. It's very like Tomb Raider Uncharted-y. So if you like mm. those games, like and have any interest in Star Wars, like it, it it's so much fun. Um, yeah. But it's frustratingly hard at times. Yeah, 
but it's, and this is the thing with Dark Souls as well. When you beat that boss, when you finally manage to oh, get it, it feels great. There is no feeling in a video game yeah. like it. I, yeah. I, I, I say it to well, this day. No, I don't know if it, it's to the point where it's worth it though. Is the oh, it's a hundred percent. It's like pure euphoria. It's Nirvana. Yeah. Like when you finally get the the dodge patterns down, you finally yeah. you're in the zone. And oh, dude, I'm smiling yeah. ear to ear right now. I wish you could see me right now because it just. It's one of those things that you, yeah. once you finally do it, once yeah. I beat that fucking frog, yeah. oh man, I was That elated. frog was the worst. And I couldn't yeah. let it go because I needed my experience back. <laughs> yeah, right. But <laughs> like that said, though, like on the opposite spectrum of that is like, I'm like, I've got 45 minutes to play video games. And when you have to turn the video game off in the same spot yeah. that you started the video game, it's I almost gross. never want to play that video game again. Like, Yeah. And that is a very, like, you got to be the same as Dark Souls. You, you've got to really sit down and be like, yeah. I've got six hours to play this video sure. game. I'm going to make one thing of progress today. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. If I beat one boss, that's progress. That's, it is progress. Uh, we have digressed from Outer Worlds. We have so. digressed. Do you have anything else to say about the Outer Worlds or should I move on to the drawing uh, of the next game? I don't just I, I wanna play it again. I, yeah. I wanna I wanna just give this game to as many people as possible. Yeah. Again, just going back to my first like recommendation, I yeah. think there genuinely is something in here for everyone. My or dad or play yeah, play it on Game Pass. Like um, my dad who is um in his sixties and has yeah. played games forever, um, who doesn't like shooters, yeah, but loves an RPG, like still manages to get through the combat encounters. Like yeah. there, there's, there is genuinely something in here for everyone. And if you don't like this game, I would have to judge you. And like, he's, severely. he's enjoying it then. He's loving it. He's, yeah. he, you know, it was a recommendation that me and my brothers made to him. Okay. Um, just cause we were like, you're just going to love this game. Um, and yeah, he's, he's thoroughly enjoying it. And he's not like, he hated Fallout 3. He okay. hated it because he loved Fallout 1 and 2 so much yeah. with the isometric, the turn-based is stuff. He, like, is he looking forward to Wasteland 3 then? Yeah, I think so. Like Wasteland Two was was big up on his. He's yeah. played through that yeah. geez, dozens of times as well. But um, three comes out pretty soon too. Yeah, I think it's next year. Question mark. Yeah, March I think or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of next year, do you see? I think it got uh, officially announced they're doing a remake of Resident Evil Three. I don't think it got officially announced, but no? I saw the rumors of it. Oh, there's some yeah. horrible rumors I, about that. I and never I played Resident Evil Three, but I will. Oh, it did you, yeah yeah if it if it is true and it does come out we it yeah. has to like with how well resident evil 2 and everything did yeah why would they make brilliant. a new game when it, they could just remake that one well yeah let's be honest it is capcom after all that um, said resident evil 7 was like one of the i still haven't played I, I need to play 7 i really need to do it i you I've gotta never get a playstation it. 4 and a playstation vr and then play yeah it. you were saying actually it's really good on vr i'm i, I think that would scare me though like genuinely I oh, think one yeah, of my earliest terrifying. like scary memories was like yeah. going to my buddy's house who had a ps1 and, and a copy of resident evil yeah and like watching him play that over his shoulder and i used to have to run home in the dark like <laughs> before cell phones were a thing i would just like oh sprint gosh. home and get home my mom would be like you all right and i'm like i'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> nothing got died me. yeah totally oh that's so funny uh, yeah but no, that those are my last comments on Network Worlds is that I'm excited for Resident Evil 3. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a brilliant game and everyone should play it. Um, yes, they should. Totally. It's the best Fallout last game I've played in years. <laughs> yeah, that's not a Fallout game. <laughs> yes. That one that one thing that like, because I feel like it, it's obviously it's so similar to Fallout in so many ways. Yeah. Um, but it, like, it does ev- almost everything so much better than the last few yep. Fallout games have. The only thing that I find, it, which is like, it's not really a fair comparison, but I find the settings of 
and the world of Fallout more interesting than this world. Oh. And I don't know why. Like, I feel like it's just the, like, the not that the world's not interesting here, but just the fact that it's, like, this kind of real world, um, mm. retro-futuristic, and, but there's, like, oh, I could go see the White House or landmarks from the real world yeah. or whatever. Like, that has this, like, novelty to it that I, that I was kind of lost here, I thought. Yeah, it's it's funny. I almost think about it like Marvel and DC cinematic universe. Like the DC cinematic universe takes itself very, very seriously, and Marvel sure. kind of jokes around a lot. I think Marvel is the outer worlds, and and Fallout is is DC. It's one of those things that I I do really enjoy the Fallout games, and you and right. I have talked about this countless times. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed Fallout Four, um, but I, I I do think they lost in Fallout Three and Four and New Vegas. I do think they lost some of the the initial kind of like vibe of Fallout 1 and 2, like there's just something about them. They're just a little bit removed. They're just a little bit different. Um, sure. And I think the Outer Worlds actually captured that again. Uh, and it's it weirdly enough made me excited to even go back and play the original Fallout. Really? Um, and what what's weird about it is I know that like obviously Fallout went from the isometric thing to the first person thing. I actually right. would love to see an Outer Worlds game or that setting that's an, an isometric, isometric yeah. to like turn based thing because I think it would just be phenomenal. Uh, I'm in love with this world. Like I, I love the game. I genuinely think it's the best game I've played in a long time. Yeah, it, it's awesome. That's some high praise. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not like I, I, you know me. I like to complain a lot about things, uh, and um, yeah, I, I loved it. I really loved it. Yeah, me too. All right, I'm gonna draw the next game. Do it. Next episode, we're chatting about uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Ooh, not one I've played before. Me neither. Uh, I don't really even know much about it, except that a lot of people really, really love it. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's supposed I, to have this amazing audio that you have to play with headphones on or something. Yeah, and you've recently got into playing games with headphones. I did, I have, yeah. This one, even if I wasn't, I would play it, just because it's uh, apparently like it tells you when you start it up that it's <laughs> oh, uh, like you should wear it. Like it's got it. the oh, binaurial cool. audio, mm. um, which is apparently just really stellar. So, mm. yeah. Wicked. Well, have fun with that, man. Thank you so much for having me back. I've had a blast once again. Thank you so much for joining us again. And we would love to have have you back, hopefully uh, in a shorter amount of time. (laughs) Well, anytime, uh, man. Like you you name the day. You name the day Uh, in the game and I'm there. And you're a beautiful musician. So if people want to hear more of your beautiful voice, where can they check you out? Um, they can, well, by the time this episode comes out, they can actually go to doogiegreg.com, uh, D-O-U-G-I-E-G-R-E-I-G.com, uh, uh, and that will be a website that will be up and running by the time this episode airs. Um, but also Instagram, doogiegregmusic, uh, and they can find me all over the interwebs and on Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere you can get music. There is an album and an EP that's there. Uh, go, go check it out. Go download some stuff beautiful uh and if you've liked the show uh and uh want to get us out there at all you know anything you can do share us with a single friend uh i would really appreciate that or throw up a review on apple podcasts or on spotify or wherever you get your shows uh and if you're not sick of my voice yet uh there is also a sort of sister podcast to this one uh it's called let's play arcade uh and in that show myself and uh my very good friend john we review a randomly selected game from the apple arcade service and uh Uh, also drink a random uh, beer 
every episode. So uh, we're still kind of getting the groove of that one, but uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So if you no again, wonder if you're, if you're not drinking random beers, what's that? <laughs> I said no wonder if you're drinking a random beer every episode as well. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea is like we like we used to be roommates, like best friends. Oh, wow. We would hang out all the time, drink a beer, or whatever. Can't do that anymore because we live far away from each other. So we're trying to bring that back. Uh, first episode, I drank a beer from uh the uk and it was a banana bread beer and it was pretty much the worst thing i've ever tasted so um (laughs) but yeah we're getting into all kinds of things on that show as well so that one was let's play arcade and we are xbox game passengers and we will be back in just two weeks with uh hellblade sinua sacrifice thank you again doogie for coming on thanks for having me man and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye you're listening to the geekscape network You're listening to the Geekscape Network.